a question that we should all ask ourselves, whether we are 12 or 20 or in the twilight of our lives. Who am I? Who am I to me? That's Janet Mock, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. So our featured speaker is here today to talk about her path to self-acceptance and to encourage you to be the most authentic version of yourself. Here's Janet Mock. Enjoy. Standing on this stage... On this stage is improbable considering the world that I come from. I was born in a pink hospital on the top of a hill in Honolulu, Hawaii, to a mother who was a teen mother, with two sisters who were teen mothers, and a father addicted to crack cocaine. I grew up affected by my family's homelessness, and joblessness, we struggled for resources in communities ravaged by poverty. And if that wasn't enough, I also had my own identity struggles. I was welcomed into the world as my parents' firstborn son. They named me after my dad. They dressed me in football team onesies. They expressed my gender for me. And from a young age, I struggled deeply and fought hard to be myself and reveal myself in a culture that mandates that if you're born with certain body parts, you are not allowed to be who you truly are if that expression doesn't align with what those around you deem normal. And by the age of five, I turned out different than the boy my parents expected me to be. I ran around the playground with limp wrists. I had a sort of wiggle in my hips. And I played jacks and jump rope with kids on my block. And this was a complete contrast to my brother Chad, who was a year younger than me, who'd come home with scraped knees and bruises from playing football and basketball with the boys on our block. One of the stories that my siblings love to tell about me involves a hideous hibiscus-covered muumuu, those big flowery dresses that women in the islands wear. I was six years old, and my friend dared me to put on her grandmother's dress and run across the playground. And I remember the thrill of snatching that dress off that clothesline and putting it on my body, running across that playground in that hideous dress. I felt free because I finally was able to express the girl that I knew myself to be. But then my fierce grandma spotted me, and she smacked me right across my butt. The Moo story is a story that my sister Corey loves to tell at Thanksgiving. 
Paul, remember the time grandma caught you in that dress? We all laugh. But when I was five, it wasn't funny to me because it was the first time that the me I knew myself to be was not right. I learned at five years old that living my truth was wrong. I learned at five years old to hide, to hide who I really was. And we all do this. We all put up fronts to protect our unspoken and unexpressed selves. Sometimes it is easiest to conceal our truths by blending in. Think about Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's, hiding behind her party girl exterior to hide the reality of Lula Mae Barnes or the great and powerful Wizard of Oz, who turns out to not be all that great and powerful, right? He's just an ordinary guy with a bag of tricks. We all feel less than and we all fear that if we live our truth, that we will be shamed and deemed unworthy of being seen and heard and loved. This myth, this myth pushed me to hide deeper into myself as a young person. I was so practiced and so rehearsed and so careful. I was so insecure around my father who thought that I was too feminine and too soft and everyone around me backed him up through a furled brow or a shake of a head or the smack of a hand. I was acutely aware of my difference and tried my best to appease my parents' anxieties about me. We'd have battles growing up about the length of my hair and the tight fit of my jeans and the way that I love to just sit in a corner and quietly read. Nothing I could do was right. I couldn't perform in the way that I was supposed to perform. And I was uncomfortable with being different. But then a girl turned 12, and she went to a new school, and she began owning her difference. And it was all because of a flamboyant queen named Wendy. Wendy pushed me to ask myself one of the most vital questions. A question that we should all ask ourselves, whether we are 12 or 20 or in the twilight of our lives. Who am I? Who am I to me? That's the question. How do we better listen to ourselves? How do we stop shutting out the truths that we are afraid to recognize and start shutting out the voices that rebut us? We must have the audacity to turn up the frequency of our truths. As Dorothy learned from Glinda, we have always had the power. It is the world's limitations and the myths that we internalize about ourselves that pushes us to diminish our power and ignore it. Asking myself, who am I to me? Led me to answers that embolden me. Those answers 
are the foundation unto which I stand here today, assured and affirmed in my truth. And that truth led me to prance in my first day of school, in my sophomore year, in a crop top like this, in a tight pair of jeans, and reintroduce myself to my classmates as Janet. For me, authenticity was my pathway. It was my yellow brick road. Living my truth, living my truth was the first step to any kind of success in my life. And I look back on that 15-year-old girl and I marvel at her. I marvel at her unwavering sense of self. She never let anyone's perceptions about her make her question or doubt who she knew she was. And so many of my classmates didn't get me. But I think that in a space like high school, in a period in our lives where we are figuring out who we are or blending in and being something that we are not in order to fit in, they respected me. They respected the fact that I was bold enough to stand out and be myself. I was taught that normal was the pathway to success and contentment. But I've learned that none of us should reach for normal. Normal is so basic. Owning who we are is power. We got to dare to stand out. We have to be different. We have to embrace the other. There is such power in unapologetically embracing ourselves, cradling that part of our identities and experiences that we were taught to be silent about and ashamed of. There is power in saying, I will no longer be ashamed, I am mine. For each of us to own ourselves is key. There can be no equality, there can be no love, there can be no justice until we embrace ourselves and one another. So today, my hope is that in hearing my story, you are propelled to excavate that part of yourself that you have been hiding and allow others to see you just as you are right here without doubt, without shame, without apology. My hope is that you go out into the world centering that part that you've been holding at the margins and celebrate and recognize those parts in others. My hope is that you step outside of the comfort of your boxes and wholly and boldly be your truest, fiercest self. Big thanks to Janet Mock for stopping by. Now, if you like this clip, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch the entire talk. I have a link to the talk in the show description and all her social media accounts are Janet Mock. And her latest book is entitled 
Redefining Realness, My Path to Womanhood, Identity, Love, and so much more. And as I said, everything I just mentioned, along with the link to the entire talk, will be in the show description. And when you get a chance, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share it or subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. And that's a wrap for me. I will see you back here Friday. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.